Hello and welcome to the Good Courage Podcast. This is Jay Gamlin. We are going to be exploring some of those values of every step is the way and nature-based spirituality and kind of talk a little bit about what it means to live in seasons and how we can observe nature and learn from it and how we can take care of ourselves. So take a listen to this one. Not too long. Should be fun. But first, let's have a little moment of gratitude. Today, I am thankful for the cartoon that is on Disney Plus called Bluey. Now, uh, most people have heard of Bluey by now. It's quite the cultural phenomenon. People love Bluey. But I think one of the cool things about Bluey, uh, maybe that you miss, is because I, so I live, my wife is an occupational therapist and she works with families and she does pediatrics. And she uh, sees Bluey for something more than just being sort of a fun parenting kids playtime sort of thing. What she sees in Bluey is what she calls child-centered play. And one of the things that Bluey can help parents do is to become a little more child-centered in how they play. Notice that the that the the mom and the dad in this particular cartoon don't tell the kids what to do instead they just kind of go with the flow with what the child is leading them into the way they play and they just play along with what the child is doing i love watching uh especially the dad uh just sort of respond in silly and fun ways to the ways that uh that uh, the, the younger two, Bingo and Bluey, are playing with him and, and how he just goes along with it and, and doesn't fight it and finds new ways to explore it. And, and it just brings me a lot of joy to watch all of that. I think it's a good thing to watch and listen to. If you want to know what child-centered play is, uh, check out Bluey. I think you won't be disappointed. So recently, I celebrated my 50th birthday. I know. Happy birthday to me. So, you know, I am not a huge birthday guy. I'm not worried about my age. It has nothing to do with that. I'm just uh, not really... My lowest love language is gift giving, so I don't really care to receive gifts, but my my top language is quality time. So inviting people over to to do life together. That's all what's precious to me. And, uh, and, but it, you know, this one's been sort of an interesting one in that I'm reflecting on my forties. I remember turning 40. I was at uh, my last congregation in South Carolina and we were doing good things. And I had this feeling that like my forties were going to be my best decade, that, that the best work was going to be done in my forties. And, uh, Let's just say it didn't turn out that way. It didn't go poorly. It didn't go bad. It just, you know, first of all, it's a very naive thing to say when you don't know what's in front of you. Um, so let me just start up by saying that was a, a sort of a stupid statement. But I remember really thinking that, that, oh, man, these ne- this next 10 years are going to be great. And it turned out to be uh, 10 years of wandering and 10 years of moving forward and taking a step back and identity crises and lost friends and a lost sense of direction and a rediscovery and it, it was sort of all over the map 
which, you know, when I think about was much like my 30s, which was much like my 20s. You know, I think it's it's making me think about uh, seasons and thinking about the season that you're in and the season that you're working through and how that life, how life just flows through different seasons. And so I thought we'd take some time in this podcast to talk just a little bit about what it means to live in different seasons. This is a, kind of a good companion to Every Step is the Way and thinking about that. And then also, uh, you know, how what, what does it mean to look at nature and creation about what it teaches us about seasons? And then maybe to learn to sort of go with the flow a little better than maybe we're used to. So uh, not a long podcast here, but I think a good one and one that's it's, it's a good and helpful reminder to me as I turn 50 and uh, to consider what season I'm in and to think about how the next day might, decade might look for me. So uh, yeah, let's get started talking about seasons. So I know I have a lot of theology nerd friends and wonderful seminary friends here, but for those who who don't know, let me do just a little kind of quick explanation about the word season and the difference between season and time and all of that. So for those of you who are uh, over familiar with this, go ahead and zone out for a sec. But so there, you know, when we when we mark time, when we mark uh, our movement through time, there's really two ways to think about that. One is through literal time, that's chronos, that's like chronology. So it's saying it's 6 p.m. or it's 10 p.m. or, you know, I uh, it is sunset or sunrise. Those are pretty predictable markers of time. And so, you know, when you say it's time to do something, it might be because it's time to go to a meeting because the meeting was scheduled at four. And so it's defined by chronology. And, or it's uh, time to get going because the flight's taking off and I have to be there on time in order to book and uh, to get on the flight without getting caught in traffic and getting caught, blah, 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 blah. So there's like about a time that is one way to mark our way through space. The other is trickier. The other is uh, a term that is kairos, which is more about a season. Uh, and, and season is another way to mark time but seasons are not uh, governed by chronology. Um, for instance, you know, just if you think of the regular seasons, winter happens when it happens. It doesn't say, oh, did you say it's December 21st, the winter solstice? Then I will now be winter. You know, it doesn't work that way. It it, it happens when it happens. I, I remember a couple years ago, we didn't, in Colorado, we didn't have a first snowfall until like February. And so it didn't feel like winter. It, you know, it, it had a non-wintry feel to it. It felt like a long extended autumn. Uh, and I've been in other seasons here in Colorado where it seemed like this year, spring just seemed to go on forever and we really didn't get heat until, you know, well into July. And so seasons are, are uh, times that we live in that happen circumstantially, that happen out of, uh, either circumstances that happen to us or circumstances that we pick or uh, are governed by um, forces outside of ourselves. So like a real simple way to say it, like I could say it's time to eat dinner. And yes, I might have been using chronology to help govern that, but sometimes I just have to wait until the meat's done. 
and the meet, you know, I maybe I wanted it done at six, but maybe it's not done until six thirty. And so we we go, we eat when the meat is done and not according to the clock. So that's a real kind of simple way of understanding the differentiation between Kairos and Kronos. If we start to think seasonally in life, uh, Kairos are the seasons that we go through. Again, sometimes the ones we pick and sometimes the ones we don't. Uh, you know, we had a season uh, of being, uh, I had a season of being in college, maybe you did too, or maybe you had a season of going to work. Uh, maybe you had a season in one job and then you switched to another job. Those are, that's a new season. Uh, maybe uh, you maybe you had a child, let's say, and that begins a new season as you figure out what it means to be a parent. Or maybe you've been blessed to enter into a relationship with someone, uh, and that is a season of your life. So these are the, the, the seasons are much less governed by time, but they are held as a particular time and so there is a there is often a beginning a middle and an end to those seasons and uh and and you know it's an interesting thing to ponder is how then do we mark those seasons how then do we hold those seasons and how then do we move those seasons forward i had mentioned in a previous podcast about milestones and thinking about these milestones as maybe markers of a new season. Uh, I had a friend whose child just began to walk and suddenly they couldn't just put their kid down and then they would stay there. <laughs> suddenly they could get up and pull things off of the coffee table and, and, and grab things in spaces that they couldn't before and that marked like a new season for them. Oh my, we have to change how our house is set up we have to move things around we have to put things out of reach we have to be more careful it began a new season for them and that's so that milestone of walking became a whole new season for that family uh, so that's kind of what we talk about when we're talking about a kairos a, a season something a, a time in which there is a new way to be in the world uh, let's let's look at this a little bit as how jesus would talk about and describe this in scripture but first let's just uh take a step back and um listen to this great song by a band called future islands you probably have heard it it's really really good but it's really on the nose because it's called seasons so uh take a listen
Adventure Islands and their song Seasons, and they were recently in Denver, and I'm sort of sad I missed them. It wasn't a good time for me to go see them, but I, I really hope to catch them next time they come through. I would check out their albums. If you like that kind of synth pop, synth wave sound, I, I love it. I've got a great playlist called Breakfast with the 80s. That's all current music, but it all sounds like it was made in the 80s, and uh, Future Islands, of course, is featured on that. So check them out. I think you'll love, love, love Future Islands. So let's get a little into uh, how this text and this idea comes through scripture. Probably the most famous one is from Ecclesiastes, uh, the one that the birds famously, well, the birds actually, did you know that they, it was actually a cover of um, Turn, 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 it was actually a cover of another band. Oh, I need to find out who that is. Hold on one sec. Okay, yeah, it was Pete Seeger who wrote Turn, 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 but the band, the bird, blah, 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 the birds. The birds are the ones who covered it, and so they're the ones that we remember. It's the one that, to everything, turn, turn, turn. It's based on an Ecclesiastes text, and the Ecclesiastes text basically says there's a time for everything under heaven, a time to reap, a time to sow, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to sleep, a time to wake. I mean, and it basically just defines really exceptionally what we mean when we talk about seasons. It, it means that there are places and stages in life that that come and go that are called on by their own event rather than by uh, chronology. And so that's probably the most famous. Uh, but when we turn to Jesus and we look at where Jesus might use that word kairos, that word time, uh, we can look as near as Mark, uh, the gospel of Mark, the good news of Mark's gospel so in this gospel, uh, it's it's a very it's the shortest gospel. Most people believe it's the first one written. It's the first book written um, because it's very short and it's very immediate. And Jesus is very direct and sort of abrasive, and it just kind of goes from here to here to here to here to here. And uh, being the shortest, they think that it's probably shorter because Mark wasn't as aware of all the stories of Jesus, and so a lot missed. A lot of things that other people would have known about and so um, but the very first words that Jesus us utters in the Gospel of Mark so um, Jesus is baptized and it just says he was baptized he was sent out he was he went into the wilderness and he came out and when he came out his first words were the time is now the uh, reign of God the kingdom they would use the Basileia the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe the good news. So to Mark, this is sort of the thesis of the whole story of Jesus. It's it's everything wrapped up into the thesis statement at the top. Now, as always, let's sort of break down the words that Mark uses and let's put them into time, place, context, and translation. And let's, let's get ourselves oriented to what Mark is doing here at the beginning. So this phrase, it starts with the time is now. As you can imagine, this word here is kairos. It's it's the it is the season is upon us. We are entering into a new season together, and it's here. It's present. It's in our. It's it's already happening. So the time is now. It says the reign of God is at hand. Uh, this sense of um, everything that we're looking for the the. the God's vision coming into flu, just full fruition is right here in the palm of our hand. It's it's right within reach. It's not somewhere far away. It's not something we have to work to. But right now, 
God's vision is present and among us. And then it has this interesting thing. It says, repent and believe. Uh, words that, you know, always as translated and then also how they're used through time um, are uh, can bring baggage. So first of all, repent makes it sound like Jesus is saying, you all are evil and uh, start being good because that's how the word repent has been used um, in our context. But two things, one, a repent is actually this word in the Greek, it's metanoia. So it's change your face, change your mind, uh, turn. Um, uh, in the, uh, sorry, a turn would be in the Hebrew, it would be shuv or teshuv, which means to turn around. The, the idea of this isn't repent like you've been evil, now do good. It's like change the way you think, turn around, face what is happening. Don't let this go by you. Um, orient yourself in a way that, that you acknowledge that the divine presence is flowing in and among and through you. And so, so become, uh, put yourself into an attitude of becoming and, and transformation and change in your life. So, you know, I always hate that that word repent now, not because it's a bad word, but because it's just been beat over the head of people, you know, and it's always been some, you know, it's weaponized to mean you're bad and I'll be good. So it really just means it's time to change. It's time to see what's happening in front of us. And then the other part it says is believe. Believe is a fine word, but sometimes we mean, we think believe means like, okay, then it is, it's true. You know, a matter of faith and intellectual assent, as we've talked about on so many different places. But believe, I really prefer that trust word that we've talked about, uh, that believe, faith, trust. These are all kind of grouped in the same family when we talk about this. But the idea of believe isn't like, you know, now have an intellectual assent. It's like now trust your life to this. Orient your life to this. Trust that it's true. Um move forward out of hope. Remember we talked about that sense of doubt and faith being two sides of the same coin that despite worrying whether what it is, take a step forward in good courage. So, you know, you might want to translate this to say the season is upon us. The season is here and it's within reach. We don't have to go seeking it. It's right in front of us. So orient yourself towards that season push yourself into that place and and change your mind so that you can trust what is coming in front of us and despite all the the perils and worries and doubts step forward and trust um, believing trusting that this rain is here in front of us i kind of like that translation maybe real short it would be it's this is the season for god's vision to come to fruition so turn yourself toward it and trust that it's happening I like that. I, I like that. I'm going to hang on to that. So this sense of a season for Jesus is this season that that something uh, is changing in history and time. But I think this also gives us an interesting pattern that we might look at for our own way in which we look into and evaluate the seasons that we're in. Um, so let's let's look at this four pattern. These four steps. So uh, the time is now. Uh, God is present in it, uh, turn, face it, look at it, and then believe, trust, have courage, step forward. So when we think about seasons in our lives, let's just talk about seasons in our lives right now. Um, 
I think one of the first things that we have to do is we have to be able to put ourselves in a place that we're looking for these seasons, that we recognize these seasons when they're upon us. Sometimes, again, sometimes I said sometimes these seasons are seasons we pick. Like you know, you might choose to take a new career, you might choose to change jobs, you might choose to quit, you might even choose to have a child or choose to get married. So that some of these things are seasons that we pick and put in front of us. What would it then look like to say, okay, the season is upon you. There's something new here now. If there is a divine presence, and this divine presence flows through all things and is present in all things, then then we can look how the divine presence is moving in and through that season. Uh, I don't mean uh, in such like a way of like manipulating that season, but where do we see the signs of love, life, goodness, peace, joy, hope, presence, uh, those signs of the spirit that that Paul lists. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those sort of things. Uh, where do we see those fruits? Where do we see those signs popping up in front of us? Then how do we orient our mind to, to, to address that season in such a way that it's going to do the work that we want it to do and it's going to do the work that we need it to do? And then how do we step forward in, in trusting that that, that, that is the, the good work? So, uh, you know, choosing to commit yourself, to covenant yourself to another human, um, it's just, I'm just thinking because I saw my, my good friends Lindsay and Tilly last night who were recently married and uh, just watching them loving on each other just made me so happy. And so I'm thinking about this whole season in front of them. So we can say that the season of God is right here, right now. Um, opening up right in front of you. And so they have this new season where they've had to sell their old house and move into a new house. They've had to uh, reorient their lives. They can't just make whatever decision they want to make. They have to talk to the other about it. They can't say, I'm just going to go out, I'm going to stay home, or I'm going to buy this car, I'm not. Suddenly they they have a whole life that they're going to have to share together, and they're going to have to go through this season of figuring that out. Now, believing that um, the Spirit of God is moving through that, there's love, joy, peace, patience, and finding those markers along the way and and seeking to, to uh, foster and to nurture some of those markers is a part of this season, I think, in front of them. So patience, while they figure out, you know, it's, it's hard to suddenly be so mixed up in someone else's space and one is messy in this way and the other is messy in a whole other way and gets in the way of one and it can annoy you how do you foster patience um and as you figure out that that those steps in that season how might you change the way that you're thinking uh that you might have to change the way you make decisions you might have to change the way in which you're addressing things and living things and and then how do you just keep then moving forward learning along the way letting and trusting that in this season that that the spirit and fruit of goodness and love and life are, are moving forward this and that on the other side there will be goodness so i'm just thinking about that as like an example of what a season might look like for them uh they they uh, have a good life in front of them and they clearly love each other and now it's a season of figuring out what loving each other looks like and so uh, that is what we kind of mean by seasons now let's uh, turn the page and say that then sometimes there are seasons that we don't pick that there are seasons 
that happen to us. Maybe you get fired from a job. Maybe you get a diagnosis that you weren't anticipating. Maybe um, someone close to you uh, becomes sick or ill. Maybe you lose someone you love. Uh, there is a way in which some seasons are seasons that we choose to enter into. And then some seasons, uh, they sort of happen to us. Those can be harder uh, that we can walk into a seat that, that you know, suddenly um, what we thought was one thing becomes another. Uh, whew, that can be hard. I, I've, never, I've never had that sort of cancer diagnosis, but I was uh, just doing some gentle bouldering rock climbing things and uh, was pulling up on my right hand when suddenly the A2 pulley in my middle finger snapped. Uh, and um, I couldn't bend my middle finger anymore. I went, th- uh, you know, it, just in a moment, in a moment my hand was completely different. I uh, went into one surgery in October to repair the pulley, and they had to pull a tendon out of my forearm and wrap it around a bone and hold it da 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 And it was painful, and it was hard. And then following that came four to five days of physical hand therapy every day for weeks and weeks and weeks and months even. And moving into November and then into December, realized that something wasn't working right that the tendon wasn't pulling through the pulley and so I still couldn't move the finger and it was really still stuck in a new way, stuck kind of outstretched rather than bent. And so I went into another surgery in December and uh, they adjusted it and they got that tendon loose again so that now I can bend my finger. However, at the end of all these surgeries, the right finger on my middle hand just doesn't work like it used to. It's swollen all the time, it's numb, it has all this scar tissue in it, and the extensor tendon, the tendon that makes your fingers stick out rather than pull in, um, is also stuck now. Uh, It must have scarred down in one of the surgeries. And so uh, extending it is, so my finger's always just a little bent. Um, It's not as nimble as it used to be, it's swollen and stiff all the time. And I just, you know, I recently saw the surgeon again and we looked at it and we talked about it and we kind of said, this is probably where my finger is going to be for the rest of my life. It's a season I didn't pick. It's a season I didn't want. Um, As many of you know, I trust my hands for a lot of things, whether playing guitar to typing to working out, you, you kind of don't realize how much your finger will get in the way of things until it doesn't work right. But it's had to make me orient myself to what this new season means, that playing guitar is going to be different for me from now on. I can still strum just fine, but finger picking, uh, I really depended on my middle finger and now I can't. So trying to figure out new patterns to finger pick with my right hand is, is a challenge. And, uh, you know, there are days, it's, it's a silly thing, but there are days when I really grieve it, when I'm really sad, when I look at my hands and I'm like, oh, my hands are sort of misshapen and malformed and kind of ugly and doesn't do what I want it to do and it hurts and it's stiff and, and I just get a little sad and angry and upset with it. So this is the season I'm in. 
A, God didn't do this to my finger. I did this to my finger. So first of all, this isn't, seasons don't happen to us because it's some sort of puppeteer God manipulating the world to teach us a lesson. No, life happens. Um, things happen. And what God promises is not to fix those things, but to partner with us and to walk with us. And so the first thing I would just say is there's a new season at my life and God is is walking beside me and loving me and I feel the divine love and presence of of God through the miracle of my body that's healing through this miracle of of who I am and 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 all these white blood cells and the fact and and the miracle of science that can take tendons out of one part and put them in others and wrap them and stitch them in time and they all kind of fit together and I have a finger that moves still that's all pretty amazing incredible uh, science to uh, a wonderful wife and staff that you know are patient with me as my hand gets better and um giving me the time and space I need to heal and go into surgeries and come out and get better and et cetera, et cetera, to, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the general just sort of knowing that I'm alive, um, that I'm, I'm gifted to be alive. And if, if this finger is as bad as my life gets, then I would say I've led a charmed life. And so um, that's not to say, oh, there's people that have it worse than me. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, um, you know, when I really put in my mind how important this finger is to uh, life and love and the rest, it's not that important. It's not the most important thing. I can grieve it. I can be sad about it. I'm going to be honest about that. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that I still have a finger that can move and all the rest. So recognizing um, the presence of life and love um, patience and kindness and goodness and virtue and faithfulness of all of those people and places around me is is a good thing to do. So what I've had to do now is I've had to repent a little bit. I've had to turn and face this and I've had to change my mind. I've had to reorient the way that I think about this. Um, it's made me think, okay, I need to find new ways of finger picking, but uh, my finger still kind of gets in the way because it's it's sort of hooked, bent a little bit, you know, not much, but just a little bit. And so it still kind of gets in the way. And so what does this mean for music for me? And, and what are new ways in which I can do music? So one of the things I've been thinking about is getting more into electric guitar and, and pedals and exploring how to use... Um, uh, you know, more sounds and soundscapes and things like that, rather than depending on the, what I've always liked, the organic acoustic nature of an acoustic guitar and the, the feeling the reverb of sound through wood and, and through the strings vibrating. I, I love that. It's always felt a little artificial and sourcey in electric guitar. I love electric guitar. I'm not just saying that, but I'm just saying my preferred um, instrument has always been acoustic, but maybe it's time for me to go into a season of trying new ways of doing music can still play piano okay and so I've been playing piano a little bit more and trying to um, stretch my finger that way and trying to write music again for piano rather than just for guitar which I mostly do but that so I'm just trying to face what it means to 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 lean into the season and trusting trusting that uh, there will be fruit here that I would not have imagined that there will be new things here that um that I will discover about myself, about music, about life, about my hand, that will that will 
be a gift to me. And so I, I trust that that's something new. Uh, I want to give a little bit of an analogy using nature creation and seasons that I think has been helpful to me and helpful to working with organizations and people about this. Um, but before we go with do this, I want to play a version of Turn, 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 but this is Dan Zane's version where he re- he or somebody uh, rewrote some of the lyrics of the Turn, 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 and I, and I, I love sort of some of the, the lightheartedness of this a little bit more rather than a war and peace. Uh, it's a little more like, you know, time to make toast kind of thing, <laughs> time to drink coffee, a time to throw, time to dirty dishes and time to put them away, that kind of thing. I love that. Uh, so here's a little a version of Turn, Turn, Turn by Dan Zane and Friends. service by uh, not mentioning that uh, the other main voice on there is Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, She, uh, both Dan Zanes and Elizabeth Mitchell were really important for my kids in that they produce children's music that parents can listen to, that kids can listen to. It's uh, centered on some, uh, you know, old folk tales, old folk songs. A lot of their work in that is through that uh, kind of venue, that kind of kaleidoscope and they also write their own things too that we've really loved uh it has that sort of americana bluegrassy feel to it um elizabeth mitchell's not done music in a long time but dan zane's kind of pops in and out with a variety of different albums and things i i think that you'll love uh dan zane's i one of his favorite albums for my kids when they were really little was an album called house party 
and uh, it's just a fun, fun uh, album. But I love that version. Did you hear it? I just love all the ideas of you know a time to put candles on the cake and a time to to take the bus and a time to walk and it's just it's just lovely. I I really recommend the song to you and uh, hope you enjoyed listening to it. That's Dan Zanes and Elizabeth Mitchell on uh, their album, which came out in 2013. I think the album was called Turn, Turn, Turn. Yeah, it's called Turn, Turn, Turn. So uh, yeah, I just commend it to you. Hope you enjoy it. So there's an an analogy I like to use. I've, I've used this with organizations, but I think it applies well in our lives as well. Uh, when we think about planting a garden, uh, so imagine that you want to plant a garden and imagine all the different fruits and vegetables and things you want to grow in your garden. And so you tend the soil and you, you, you uh, put in the compost and you, you nurture that soil so that it's ready to go. And then you carefully plant the seeds and you plant watermelons and cucumbers and squash. And I, I'm, not, I'm not a gardener, so I don't know if you're supposed to plant these at the same time, full disclosure. Uh, but I love other people that garden and I see what they do. But imagine herbs and you have basil and rosemary and you want to you wanna have, I don't know, corn and tomatoes and, and asparagus. And so you, you plant these things in your garden and then you, like, then you get ready for the season of those things to come up in your life. You're ready for the season that you're eating delicious cucumbers on a summer afternoon and you're munching on watermelon and then in the fall you're making butternut squash soup and I must be hungry anyway they and you get ready for this and 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 as you watch your garden grow suddenly you realize I my cucumbers are doing fantastic they're growing like crazy it's amazing but my watermelon's going nowhere I really wanted watermelon. My kids, I told my kids we planted watermelon. They're excited about watermelon, but I cannot get my watermelon to grow at all. I don't know if I've done something wrong or the pH or I've watered or overwatered or underwatered, or I, I, but it's just not coming, but I've got cucumbers coming out of my ears. I know that I want watermelon, but the season that's been given to me is a season of cucumbers, and I'm gonna have to figure out what to do with all these cucumbers. I use that sometimes with organizations when I think about um, communities, uh, in particular churches, that you know they they a lot of churches are seeing themselves grow older and they're seeing how things have changed culturally and on the landscape, and they're mourning the season that they had in the past. They're mourning the watermelon days of you know maybe a full building or the watermelon days of an active Sunday school program or the watermelon days of uh, this big fancy Christmas pageant and as they've changed their season has changed and they no longer have some of those things now some people get stuck in that then and they don't see where things are bearing fruit and what season is actually upon them and so they end up sort of neglecting the cucumbers in an effort to feel like they know we got to plant more watermelons, got to figure out more watermelons, work on watermelons, start a new garden, plant more watermelon. What can we do to get watermelon? And and they end up losing their cucumbers because they didn't have watermelon. They want that youth ministry. They want kids back in church. And so they, you know, bend over backwards trying to hire youth ministers or doing this and that. And, and just too often it it doesn't work or you know if we can just get a guitar in our worship then then all the kids will come and and it's so much more than that it's about 
building culture and helping people feel seen and and not only that but a lot of people know when you've become their demographic target they know and so it just feels artificial and false and really you want them there because you want the season rather than because you really care for who they are I, it, it's i'm being a little direct a little maybe probably too direct but but you get the you get what i'm trying to say but rather than saying actually we're a growing older congregation and we have this beautiful community of uh, people who are faithful to this community who come all the time who have invested themselves their time and their energy and and so rather than saying how do we foster this season with the community that's here and and the ways in which we are growing which may mean that we have more people here that are in that older demographic but we have opportunity there too let me give you an example i know of a church that had a big building and at one point back in the 60s and 70s the heyday of christendom in america they had this big thriving youth program and big student ministry and and all these sunday school classrooms and they built this education wing and it's you know thousands of feet of space for that but as they grew older and as people kind of moved out of their neighborhoods um, uh, because it just got too expensive for young families and you know long-term living people could stay there because they'd been there they bought their house a long time ago and it's just demographics change they got older and older and so what this church did which i thought was really interesting is instead of saying well how do we get the kids how do we fill our sunday school space how do we get those things going what they did is they took their old education wing and they turned it into apartments for seniors they found that the other seniors and uh, people in their community, retired people on fixed incomes, were having a very hard time finding a place to live, and it was very expensive. Uh, they just, people uh, could not afford, and, and they would have to move in with younger family members, or they'd have to move away somewhere where they didn't know anybody, and they lost their community. There were all these reasons why they couldn't do it. Well, what they did is they leaned into the season they had, they recognized the community around them. They saw that they were an older demographic, and then they began to foster that. And it was a huge hit. Um, those apartments filled up fast, and that became quite a connected community around them, around themselves, and they were cared for each other. The people had a, a social network to be connected with one another. They were able to minister and care for one another in that space. And so they really found a way to make that season work. Same thing can go for us in our own lives. Like, you know, I thought my 40s would be, for lack of a better word, my most successful season. That from all the measures of what you might measure pastoral success, you know, big church and people and active programs and seeing people um seeing their lives transformed by this message that we we're trying to share and and you know the notoriety and fame and pride and all comes with that with me instead i got a big old heaping bowl of humility as i just recognize that many of the gifts that are required for that kind of work i don't have and i am a different kind of leader and there were some things i was not willing to surrender just out of integrity and to to um to keep those numbers and successful markers going and uh i just lost myself and so my season became a very different season and uh, as you know the story i went to germany and i spent a whole season in germany not working 
but using that to heal and to grow, leaning into that season, what I would call a season of laying fallow, where I wasn't planting uh, in the ways that I had as a church leader, where I just let myself be. And and it was like letting that soil um, lay there without anything in it so that it could heal, so that the nutrients could return, so that it could, the, 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 the things that had been burned off by my burnout um, could come back into that soil as I got myself healthy in heart, mind, body, and spirit. And then I didn't know I was going to leave when I did in Germany and moved back here and ended up back in a congregation and find myself in a very different place emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. That that the fruit that I'm bearing now is a very different kind of fruit and the season that I'm in is a very different kind of season. And I am focused right now on enjoying and loving my work, not based on success, not based on numbers, not based on life, but seeing uh, good people around me, understanding transformed lives around me, and leaning into a season that I've really enjoyed. And um, I'm, I'm really loving work right now. Is it perfect? Of course not. But there is no perfect place. There is no perfect church. The church would be a perfect place as long as there were no people involved. And so it just is a season of me being me, and I'm enjoying it. So, um, yeah, I guess the question now is to ask yourself, what kind of season are you in? Is it a season that you've chosen, or is it a season that was given to you? probably there's a mixture of several of those things happening in your life. Here's what I think is the thing to learn from this. Lean into the season you've got. Lean into the season you've been given. Lean in. Uh, We tend to want to back away and look for fruit elsewhere and get upset that the season isn't what we thought it would be. But instead, by leaning into that season, seeing where fruit is being born in that season, even even if it might be invisible now, to be patient with it and allow that season time. And then allowing that work to happen in us, changing us, transforming our heart, mind, to, you know, helping us to turn around and see things in new ways. And then trusting that even though this season may end, there will be another and, and it will be the season that I'm either given or chosen and I'm going to continue to walk that journey. Just like we said in Every Step is the Way, each of these seasons aren't a season of being with or without God. It is a season recognizing that the divine presence is with us no matter what. And no matter what season we're in, we're walking in that presence of God. And we're in that divine presence all the time. And so so it's a matter of leaning in and listening to that presence. I, uh, my hope for you is that whatever season you're in, that you would have good courage to lean in that uh, the time is now, the season is now, that that divine vision is right there, that there is a great and holy love right in front of you, walking with you, partnering with you, beside you, uh, sometimes waiting for you and sometimes waiting for you to move and sometimes moving ahead and sometimes simply sitting with you as you grieve or wonder or wait. But that presence is with you all the time. Think of the work it's going to do. Let that work happen to you. Let it do that transformational work inside you as you lean into that season and see what that season has to teach you about yourself, about community, 
about life, about love, about hope, and then trust that that season will end, good or bad. It will end, but there will be another season in which your time, your kairos will happen all over again. Thanks for listening to this one. Uh, I, I trust that uh, these podcasts are reaching you. As always, whenever we're doing these podcasts, I, you know, we are, I'm seeing it's wonderful watching this podcast expand and grow and people reaching out to me. So continue to share these things with people. Maybe there's somebody that you know who's going through a tough patch and they're saying, where is God in this? And why did God do this to me? Maybe this is a good one to send to them and say, hey, what you're in is a season. And uh, it's, it's, it's just a season but the divine presence is with you and it is a good time to to turn and face what you're learning and growing and tr- how you're being changed by it. Uh, but trust that, that God is with you and that, that the season will also end. So uh, maybe this is a good one to share with folks. Uh, please also like and review this. It just makes a huge difference. Um, and the algorithms work by how many people click like. So if you could just take one quick second, whatever platform you're watching this on, just click like and write a quick review. It would mean a lot. Thanks for listening to the Good Courage Podcast. I'm Jay Gamlin. As always, all thoughts belong to me and nobody else. So if you want to blame anybody, go ahead and send me an email at thehouseofgoodcourage at jaygamlin.com. Our theme song was When You Go by the ineffable Matt Fagan. And if you want links to the songs that I play, they are in the show notes. So uh, take a moment, click a like, and then check out some great music. Until next time, good courage. I wish you'd never go